If I told you what that what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Curling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Harlan, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. But, but I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking place. I'd like to welcome everybody to episode six of the Hurling Podcast. Uh, we're joined today by Owen Conroy and Andrew Shore and co-host Ben Burney. Welcome, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, Ben. Hi, guys. Uh, this is a familiar sight for everybody now. Um, Zoom meetings and Skype meetings, the way the world has gone. How are you fixed with your isolations, lads? Yeah, living in this corner now, same thing with work, Skype and Teams and Zoom meetings all the way, so this is like, like I'm still working. It's a dream for me, I don't like anybody anyway. That works. <laughs> it's not fantastic for me because I'm supposed to be selling the stuff and calling into people, but uh, they're, I'm not an ideal um, visitor at the moment, as you can expect, but it's grand, yeah, it's good. And is it just easier for them to make an excuse not to talk to you now? That's probably what it is, Gary. Yeah, I wasn't even a valued visitor before the coronavirus stuff. It's not much of a change, like get turned away from doors. Very good. You're, ba- you're back on the panel now, Andrew. How how long were you away for? I was away then for two years, kind of. I left in November 2017, and I came back just last September, and then I joined the panel then, obviously November, December time, which was a. Yeah. Uh, Bit of a fright of the system, I'd say at least. Is that, do you think, because you've been away for so long or because the change in the kind of training the lads are doing? Uh, both. Obviously, like when you're away, like I, I'd say it was a 12 or 14 month period, I didn't even hold a hurl. So obviously, that would make a big difference. But like when I went back into the setup, like even like the body shape of the lads, their fitness levels, like was wholly different from the time I left uh, and that was even after a year of Davy after coming in like so it was uh, it was a big change yeah all around this was it's something that's fairly noticeable I actually mentioned it in the uh, talking to Colin Bonner or in the episode with uh, Colin Bonner that the last time we played Galway in Wexford Park in the championship they looked like men, it looked more like men against boys kind of but now Wexford have just come on so much physically and with their conditioning and fitness and their gameplay that like I put Wexford favourites going in against Galway now yeah probably like, I always would have thought like Galway you always kind of associate them with like nearly all their 15 players like above 6 foot 2 and all big men in general and they still are but uh, definitely like if you look across the Wexford team even in the last 5 or 6 years like there's a lot more bigger men playing like Jacko's there all the time like Lee obviously is huge Matthew Paddy Foley, Connor Mack. There's a lot more bigger men like than say previous in on previous Wexford teams. Like, like back in the day when Owen Conroy used to play, maybe in corner back, like he was more of a smaller, tighter fella. Those days are kind of gone now. Well, Conroy, you would be six foot, I believe, would you? That's what I wanted you to say. Yeah, just uh, six foot flat. <laughs> oh, five eleven and three quarters, I think. All right. Is that, is that with the, the fringe? Yeah, the quick gets it up there to six foot. Five seven without it. And do you think that that's what uh, is 
went against you with the with the Wexford panel at the moment? I know I don't, I don't think so. I think there's kind of space in it there for the smaller mobile men as well. Like you or like you say smaller, like the guys are still big. Like you look at like the shape and stuff that Dio's in. He's not a big strong man, but he's fit, mobile, and all the rest of that. That that kind of so uh, must have been something else that was uh, going against me at the time. Uh, when was the last time you were in the Wexford panel? Uh, twenty seventeen, Davy's first year. Davy's first year. That. Yeah. And was there a big change in um in Liam Dunn's regime to when Davy took over then? Yeah, I think Andrew we Andrew agreed with me. Though, fair to say, there was a big change in the in the training that was going on. Like it was a shock to the system to say the least. Um, when we when we started off with that, it was relentless. Like, but um, I suppose when we brought it back on it four or five weeks in. It just kind of became the norm. You were training every day, be that a gym gym session or a training session or a recovery or something, and you were kind of like tailored towards a professional game, like where everything you were doing was something to benefit your hurling. Like it was, it was very full on. And that's not to say that things weren't extremely professional under Liam Dunn as well. Like, but it was just that step up again. Yeah, I think as well as that, like Davy is kind of renowned for like training his teams very hard having his teams very, very fit for kind of, obviously, everyone knows the systems he kind of plays, like it is the running game, it's breaking tackles, like so. No matter what setup he goes into after whoever's been there previously, it's going to be a massive shock to the system, I would think. And even then, from when you left, Andrew, you were you, you played under Davy before you left, and then you came I, back. I, I, did, I did my cruciate, and I was back... I kind of did all my rehab during the time he was there. Um, and I was back kind of fully just before the Leinster final and going pretty well, I thought. Probably would have had a chance maybe coming on in that match. Um, and I played a club match the week before, a club championship match. And that's I hurt my shoulder then. And I ended up having to get a shoulder operation as well, which was another eight or ten months rehab. Like That's why I kind of ended up going away in the end. And would you have noticed much with the with the training in the difference of training from like I'm just thinking some of the players that have been in there for the whole time, they mightn't have noticed as much of a difference because it might have gradually changed. But from you being in at the start and then coming back in in November, would you have noticed? Well, like from from 17 to this year, sir. Yeah. I uh, it's it was increased savagely it's, because it's just David evolving all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like he. He he wants to learn all the time. He wants to have the edge on that. It's like players want to have an edge on a player. He's very hungry to have an edge on his managers as well. Like so, he'll be trying something different, or he'll be pushing, say, training boundaries more. Or he'll he'll try and do stuff as well, obviously, to have an edge. Like that's the way he thinks about everything in life. Like whether it's you were playing him in a silly game of golf, or whether you're in, it's in an all final. Like he always wants to have an edge over whoever he's playing in whatever he's playing. That's just the way he is. Like, so, yeah, like, it, was a, it was a fair set, step up now from 17, just from the training we were doing up until I went back in. But also, you have to remember, all other counties have evolved and developed in that two-year period as well. Like, like, I always look at the pictures of some of the Limerick players from two years ago to now, uh, shape-wise, fitness-wise, just... Like it's it. I think the whole game is totally different in the two years. The Alliance launch, like, is an example of that. Andrew, see that one? Which one? The picture of Will O'Donoghue beside he's in that picture that Mac is in as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like just ridiculous, like, like 
and even the like the pictures of the Morrissey's even from like it was up on Facebook before like uh, like sports by pictures from 2016 to 2018 like just before the one that learned like it's a massive difference and all those lads have got bigger and faster where sometimes you see sometimes if they are getting bigger they don't keep their pace or they get a little bit more heavy legged but with Limerick it seems that they've got bigger and fat they've just ticked all the boxes like so obviously their strength conditioning coach down there is doing something something fairly right the Limerick lads I find are in a rush to take their top off <laughs> I would well, I also reckon Ben if you, if you were in the shape of some of those Emmerich fellas you would probably be sitting in that chair with no top on now doing this uh, podcast so. who, who says I'm not take it off yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a reveal before the end of this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we will wait till the end lads and we'll give everyone what they want <laughs> people pleaser I actually I actually thought when um Limerick came back to the league the year after winning the All-Ireland that a lot of them looked like they very much enjoyed the success of the All-Ireland and their Christmas. But within about a month into the league, they had kind of looked, gone from looking a bit, and maybe they weren't even heavier, but I thought they actually looked a bit heavier, but they just turned into beasts and turned, if there was any weight on them, they turned it into muscle. But um, yeah, they're absolute specimens. 100%. But it's, you can say it for all the teams. You see... Galway again, and they're kind of their own big men. Like, like Conor Whelan, his development the last two years has been frightening as well. Like, like he gave an exhibition of everything against Tipperary as far as I'm considered. Like, muscle and lads out the way, just protecting his own ball all the time. Like, but everyone has gone that way. Like, every team and every player. If you don't get to there, you're just going to be lost. That's what it is. You're confident you can get there? Am I confident I can get there? Well, I'm making strides. Like the biggest thing for me is going to be my hurling. Like when you haven't played in that long, like my fitness in general will be fairly good. Uh, my strength will be fairly good, but my hurling is where I need to try and make gains. And probably this whole coronavirus thing. The one positive for me is that I get more time hurling against the wall. Just literally having the hurling hand. You got right. the um? Did I see that you got the crossbar today? I got yesterday, man, yeah. Yesterday. Three attempts. Three attempts, yeah. The person it, doing the video let you camera. down. Why? They should have only should have only put up the video of one attempt. Well, what happened was uh, Dave Dunn was videoing it for me, and it actually took him 48 attempts uh, for the second video, and he asked me to clip it down so that he drew with me. So I felt bad and I did it for him, but uh, he won't be too happy maybe if he listens to this podcast. <laughs> that's revealed, but, yeah, but 48 shots to hit crossbar from 21 metres for uh, David Dunn. So just to be clear, how many for David Dunn to hit 48, the crossbar? 48. So it actually it took two videos. I actually stopped on because he had to go collect more balls. He ran out of balls and he came out and that was the second lot of balls. Go buy more storage on your iPhone then to make a video of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Owen, you've been having your own battle with uh, with Jack Cullen on jab lifts. Yeah, we've been going at it there now. Like, if you're going to do something like that's the aim of that is for the kids to to be out there practicing. And he's if you're going to go that way about it, teaching the kids to play that way, I just think it's awful. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's low, is what it is. He's a, he's a low life. Well, and, uh, the problem was the camera wasn't low enough. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, but that was tactical. Like, I ah, know he, he's he's a low life and. That's 
Yeah, at least now everyone can see that. And it's out there and it's on Twitter. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, Nevena own Conroy's club, Nevena Gori, are doing a, uh, a new challenge every day for the kids, a different hurling skill. So day one was roll lifts, day two was jab lifts. I think yesterday was the, was the high catch. Um, the videos are done by myself and Ben's cousin, Michael Burney. And Owen Conroy decided himself, I think, upon a challenge by Andrew Shore that he would, um, he would attempt the jab lifts. And he got 43, I think, was it on? Yeah, 43 in 30 seconds. But it was actually, I probably done myself over a second. I set the timer and then went, I probably should have set the timer for 31 seconds and then went. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay, so it was 40, 43, but it could have been 44, we'll say. Um, yeah. Jack yeah. Cullen came in with the with a, a video with 47, but yeah. the camera angle was a bit suspicious. And Owen came back with another video with a million. I thought that was very impressive. Yeah, no, easy done. Easy done, <laughs> when you know how. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this straight, right? Jack Cullen is a low life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If he's going to treat kids that way and teach them those kind of the dark arts, you know. The town clubs get a bad enough rep, rep, rep as it is like without him going and dragging us down in public like that. Like. I'm going to have no input into this. Um, oh, Jack Cullen's a lovely fella. Andrew has a lot of time for him, actually. I have a lot of time for Jack Cullen. Yeah. I've never reason? met the man, but I assume he doesn't like me now. Yeah, not going to be your biggest fan. Any particular reason you're a big fan of Jack Cullen? I think he's a phenomenal athlete and he's going to be a serious harder for Wexford whenever he does get in there. He has size, his speed, his hardened skills. He's just like on and off and pen him. Like he's, he's, he's going to be very, very good. And it's only a matter of time. Like, I don't know like what, whether he gets his chance this year or next year or whatever, but he's going to be very, very good. It's more of a when rather than an if. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, and would you you'd be in agreement with me, I'd say? Not yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to comment too. I just think he's one of them arseholes that you come across, like same as Jack O'Neill, where they get born six foot two or three, built and built and athletic and everything. You just go, you know, little lads like me going around there having to lift weights in the gym trying to get through what's yeah. like bullshit. But anyway, it's uh, seems to be the case. Just genetic freaks. No, he's serious. Um, serious potential. Leave what would be his best? What what position would he play now with the club? Uh, right wing back, um, really catches on. He's left-handed, catches with his right hand and strikes well off. Strikes better off his right side. So just straight down the line. It looks like he's gliding, like when he's he's getting away from people further and further, and never looks like he's sprinting. Like just yeah, just serious. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an athlete. He's, he's an athlete. Simple yeah. as. And how old is he? Sure. What he's twenty-one this year. Twenty-one. Is he yeah. Willie's brother or? Who is he? No, he's not. There'll be no relation to them at all. No relation. Big town. Gory is. The, the large uh, big town. Like Davidstown. Yeah, another big town. It's <laughs> very big town, yeah. Owned is there a rivalry between the Davidstown boys and the Court and the boys? Uh, no, because there's not enough people around in each place for there to be rivalry. Are uh, as in even in the GA club, like our numbers are so short at the moment. It's are you back in with the club? Yeah, 
So I played, I played two championship matches last year. And um, we got David Dunn playing. David Dunn is playing as well. Yeah, we actually we actually have we've a decent. I think we've a decent team and decent chance in junior this year, but just numbers wise, we're very very stretched. Like there's a lot of lads that are leaving, like they're living away, and also just retirements over the last few years. Like it's just not ideal for us. But is uh, is Robert Hassey still hurling? Yeah, Robert Silva is centre back, the tender age of forty six. <laughs> I remember Mark. No, in Robert, my... Robert, uh, Robert retired. Sure, his, um, his body, his body took a lot of hardship over the years. Like I've never met a man to look for contact in anything. Whether it's I used to work with him. Like even if you were working with, he wants contact. <laughs> like he just, it was, it's outrageous. Like yeah, I remember Mark in my first then. year and. Uh, he was certainly keen for contact. <laughs> yeah, he's, like my first year, so when I was 17, like my first year at OK adult hurling, like, like that's, we were flying in Davis on that session. We could have 28, 30 lads up a train. And, and I remember I used to play centre forward, he was centre back, like, and he was an animal back then. Like, like he, like, fitness freak, like, was eating way better than everyone else, like was sleeping way better than everyone else, like and he just kill you for the ball, like it was crazy, crazy. You were away in Gibraltar. Was were you in Gibraltar for two years? Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, twenty months kind of yeah. Would you have kept your diet well out there and what sort of activities were you getting up to? So when I went over I was I was still in the same when I went over. Um so I kinda of did all my early rehab and all the way through um and I started back playing a little bit. I was living on a golf course, so I started back playing a little bit of golf January slash February. And there's actually a joined the we the GA team in Gibraltar. So like there's a lot a good few Irish over there. Um like when I left, I didn't really know if I was gonna like try and get back playing Wexford. I didn't know if I if I would have been able to. And once I kind of got back into like the team setup and stuff, like that's when I kinda thought she's like I kind of liked it again like, because I had two long and bad injuries and it was off-putting for me, like from a personal level, like you put everything into it like, and then bang, everything is fucked. Like, and that was basically for over two years. And like we used to, we could have, we could have um, 25, 30 lads that train, like GA train, like anyone, like, and there was nationalities, Irish lads, Moroccan fellas, German, English, Scottish, like you name it, like, Team atmosphere was unreal. We used to play about there's eight or ten matches in the season, like so you just play. There's four teams, and you play everyone would play a blitz in each where each team was from, then kind of group stage. So I started kind of training fairly heavy back for that. Like we trained twice a week. I'd be in the gym two or three times a week. It was actually really professional, even though it was still a bit of crack and it was eleven aside. But like, and we won the championship very very easily. But like, it was just that that team environment kind of. The hunger in me to get back to the Olympics, but it was class like the, it was unreal. 25 lads, like from all over the places, uh, all wanting to do the same thing, like and buying into something like, yeah, yeah. No, I've experienced the same out in China with the, in Shenzhen. Um, people from everywhere getting together to play Gaelic football, great to yeah, see, yeah, unreal. Yeah, do you ever have any underage success with Wexford, Andrew? No, no. Got beaten in a Leinster, Leinster minor final. Got beaten in 
an All Ireland quarter final. That was that side of a couple of Leinster finals and but no wins. I remember there was one year I think you were you were under seventeen. It would have been you would have been a year out from minor, and you scored twenty one points I think in a club game. <laughs> in a, ju- a junior game against Owler, yeah. But then there was a write-up in the paper then on how this young fella, and he wasn't even on the minor team. Yeah, I never on the minor team until my actual last minor year. Should you have been on it the year before? Or what was the story? I don't know, Ben. You'd have to ask uh, Tom Dempsey and Liam Dunn again and see what, see what their thoughts are on it. Well, I got on it the year after. I, I think I should have been, yeah. I've said it to him before, and he's laughed. Oh, yeah, they never give you the straight answer. No. Tom was very complimentary towards you when we were talking to him in the first episode, saying you were one of the best young miners that he had seen, the strength of you and the, and the power of you. Yeah, well, he just didn't see it when I was 17. It must have took until I was 18. I don't know, like, look, sure, when you're from, like, I, a junior club, I, like, I wouldn't have got that much exposure. Yeah, I played, like, the usual benefit spots under 14 and 16. Most of the time, like, I was kind of a B-team player. Played the A-team, obviously, for the 16s of base. But, no, it was just, it was a strange one. I just never, I never got called. I didn't even go to trials, I, I don't remember. Like, it was just, just one of those things. And then, obviously, I had a, like, in hindsight, then, like, I had a really good year for Davidson when, in 2007. But, like, that was junior hurling. And, like, mostly you're playing against the old fellas who can't really move. Which so which so would me then. And another thing is like our team then like yeah like the lads who played junior and intermediate were Wexford. Like Robert Hassey was there, uh Desi Stafford, Mark Byrne, like I was literally getting handed the ball like so obviously like that made a big difference as well. So yeah, I don't know, like it's a, it's a strange one, but yeah. Like I, I actually uh John John Minor called me into I was training with the Wexford seniors before I ever trained with the Wexford Minor team, which was uh a funny one. I played a few practice matches um, down in Ross there the time John Myler's last year against uh, he was, we used to play a match against Cork down Ross there um, and I actually injured my ankle badly then before the league and then obviously I was out and then that's when I got called into the minor team then after that. So that, that's a funny one. A real Lark Harvest not playing under it. Yeah. <laughs> if, I had, if I had some of the medals he had now it would be going so bad or his bar uh, or uh, Maybe he will soon. You did have a bit of success on in yeah yeah a few 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 Leinster medals there on the trot all right um, kind of same as Andrew there we lost the minor final in 2012 and then we were very close to, we should have won that one um, we bet Dublin in Parnell Park after extra time in the round robin of Leinster and then they came in through the back door and got to the final against us and uh, we were pointed up at half time I think and just didn't have the the balls to win it really like I kind of we kind of panicked um and then that winter JJ called us in for the under 21 panel and like that was probably the first time I saw a real professional set up like in fairness to JJ it was he said in the room that we went to, I think it was the, the Riverside in the score team we met up and he said that uh, he was his ambition was to win in all Ireland like I'm sure you're looking around the room going like you didn't really see that was possible like but didn't get that far, but he got three Leinster medals out of it all the same now and two all Ireland finals. Like it was fairly serious. And uh, were you involved in two of them or? No, it was uh, all three. Uh, all three? Yeah. yeah. Not bad going. So do what? your research next time, will you? Sorry? Do your research <laughs> next time, will you? Take <laughs> <laughs> that. It's insulting. There's not too many lads out there who'd have three 
under 21 Leinster medals. When you said JJ Doyle got, brought you into a room and he, um, he said, like, the goal here is to win an All-Ireland. I mean, it's easy to say. Did he, did he have a structure on, on how that was going to pan out? Yeah, like he, he, had done a, he had done a PowerPoint presentation. And, like, even at that, I hadn't seen anything like that in a GA setting before, like, either, you know. Um, he brought the train. We had a new tra- physical trainer in, Neil O'Loughlin from, uh, from there. Um, came in and got involved as well. And we were told what way we were going to be training, how many gym sessions we were going to be doing a week. We all had to buy, you know, we all had to buy protein and this. So it was, it was all new to, to everybody, like. Um, but yeah, he had a plan in place. And then we went through, there was a couple of trials, I think. And we were off the panel down maybe to 30. Um, and we went training and it was it was sick like the, the level of training that they did. Neil O'Loughlin's training was phenomenal. Like we barely picked up the herd for the first couple of weeks, just running and running and running around Patches Park. Really, really hard, like but yeah, it was it was a huge step up. Like. Did you have personal goals as well at that stage? Like team goal winning all Ireland. Were you told to make personal goals? Not so much, like it was kind of the usual stuff of being the best player you can be and being the best athlete you can be that you you hear uh, everywhere anyway like probably the personal goal for me was that winter I would have just what was that that winter I was going into sixth year and there was talk of like Connor Mack going into extra seniors and stuff at that time he was only in sixth year as well and for me like kind of a bit of a drive in that that I was a year older than him like and he was going to be you know getting in around us at that time I, that was kind of my goal was to try and get myself somewhere involved in the senior setup like so yeah that was kind of what the goal was for me but um yeah the chance of winning something with Wexfordshire like at that stage it was pretty rare for anyone to have done it like there wasn't a lot of success going around we bought into a big time like and you could see that by the lads who did the training some guys quit like very early on because it was so hard so yeah no the, the overline goal was just how rare it would be to win something with Wexford like and, and to get to get that overline is there anyone that would have quit that you would have been in contact with after that has like just massive regrets over it? No, not really. I, I didn't know and I barely anybody involved with it at all. Like you wouldn't think, associate with quitters. No, I don't just don't have time for it, you know me. Um so I didn't talk to Andrew for two years after he fucked <laughs> off to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be dealing with that mentality. Um no, I no the few few guys, it would have been the older guys, the guys up in the age would have would have walked away from it at that stage and I would not have known anything at all. Like but I'd say there are some serious regrets, all right, of guys that didn't uh, didn't stay on board with it. Like. Just on a, a side note on that as well, I think uh for JJ, like that under twenty one job, the way the setup was then obviously it's different out of seventeens and twenties and seniors, like it's a very difficult job because you've obviously the really good minors are playing twenty ones. But back then, kind of, there was a bulk of the starting 15 would have been in with the senior team, whether it be on the team or in the panel as well. Like, to try and get the balance and get kind of a game plan that's probably going to be different to the senior setup and what the minor chaps are doing. Like, it, like to win three in a row there is fairly serious. Not, again, not blowing fucking smoke up JJ's arse, but like, it, it's not an easy grade to be successful in, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he gets enough credit when you look at the success we'd had in previous years before that. Like, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah, it's like that. That is that was a serious job. To be fair, Andrew, you were involved with a couple of under twenty one teams. Like, would Wexford have kind of neglected that age group until it came around the championship? Um, I, I don't know whether it was Wexford neglected it or the players neglected it because 
you weren't training, like it wasn't like a senior setup. You were training twice a week and once on the weekend, or if you had a match on the weekend, you were doing your gym sessions. Like under 21 was basically whenever you were allowed, like two weeks before championship, you might train one night each. And then you do the last two sessions before championship and it was kind of knockout. Or you kind of just said like it was nearly prep, like for scene. Like that was, it, it was like JJ obviously changed mindsets of players, like because when I was playing, it was a gap, like you'd play it because you had to play it. Like you were in with the seniors, but you were still under 21, so you kind of had to play the under 21 game. Now, we had a couple of good wins in and stuff. We didn't win an extra final or anything, but I think, like, I think JJ obviously changed the mindset of lads that, like, thought, right, we'll get a game plan for this actual team. Like, forget about the seniors, forget about the minors. Like, we need to get something right for what this team is going to be able to do. And then, obviously, and they went on and won and we're very unlike should have won another film or like yeah I suppose it's, it's such a difficult age group because as you were saying you were in with the seniors and you're like yeah you're, you're playing under 21 because you're still under 21 whereas under 21 is kind of it's only there to get you to bridge the gap between senior mm-hmm. so like I think now David Redmond is with the under 21 squad he was with the minors last year and he was saying that they have I think that they're doing trials for over a hundred under 21s just showing how competitive it is at the moment well not right at the moment with the coronavirus but in the in the last since since january for the under 21s they've been doing serious trials trying to trying to whittle it whittle down the numbers to i assume pick 30 do you think that it's just showing that it's more important it's under 20 now i suppose as well i think like i think a lot of the hurling west for the last few years and i know it's cliche but it's a bit down to the Davy factor. Like, you lads can say what like, the hunger for hurling and, like, for young lads wanting to play with Wexford and wanting to go to matches and wanting to be involved in setups, even club level. Like, like I was just doing a bit of poking up on the GA field, when was it, two days ago, and there was, like, four young lads up there packed and freeze and stuff like and that. Like, outside of, like, like your county lads or even driven lads a few years ago, like, that wasn't happening, like, so I think, I think that's another big thing. And you can probably say that that's fallen away a bit on the football side over the last, say, five to ten years. And maybe that's why they're not going so well. And something like Paul Galvin could influence that if they get promoted or something happens or if they get a big shock win. But whatever, usually whatever, whenever the senior team is doing well, everything else will fall in behind. And I, I think that's what it could be a little bit of. But yeah, I mean, that makes sense. The footballers just need Matty Ford back, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Left and right. No problem. <laughs> You're definitely right with just success, breed success. And then when you have like a proper structure, the way they seem to have now, with like Harlan 365 seems to be going well. So you'd yeah, have to it's, say it's, the structure's it's, it's there. It's county investment. Like there's, so, like there's so many lads that are kind of full-time jobs now on the development side of things and that's only bearing fruit now like yeah like they've been doing it for the last couple of years and it's been done maybe at a lesser extent up until say 2016 but it's it's starting to really come through now that like minors were like and minors aren't getting lost as much anymore like like back when i was minor once minor was like we lost so many lads like at club level and minor just to college and drink whereas now there is there seems to be a platform like that more lads are staying on like from under 16 to 17 obviously the minor team and then into under 20s and that's around gym structure 
it's around like like there's so much more investment even nutrition wise like like there's under 17s getting proper nutrition talks and stuff up in farms we see it like for 10 on the weekends when they're up there like like that never happened years ago or there's like under 15 development squads doing gym programs and stuff like that just didn't happen and i think between obviously the success of the senior team and the county board investment and structures like it's starting to bear fruit now towards maybe a couple of years ago long may it last absolutely yeah who else would have three under 21 sean kenny i know he has a unique record yeah he's all three doesn't he but he didn't he wasn't he start he didn't start any years did he i don't think so who else um, would have the three Oh no, he didn't start any year. So he goes, oh, uh, did he? Uh, I don't think he has. <laughs> 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 Connor, Connor Mack could have all three, actually. Connor right. Mack, Andrew Kenny, Tony French is on the panel for all three. Which was your favourite? It, it's a toss-up. I was captain of the third one, so that was special. But the first one, we weren't supposed to win. Like That went against the script altogether. Like, sure, that was the that was the real Gokin Kenny team, Like that one the minor the, when they were all minor and they were you know Killian Buckley what was it John Power Jerry Edward and all them were on it like they were just supposed to wipe the floor with us like Paul Walsh not run it so that, that was special like because it was just totally underdog stuff whereas the one I was captain for we won by 17 points you know that kind of a, that was good year yeah then we lost the All-Ireland final by 16 points that the last year Limerick I remember that was a savage Limerick team the Limerick, that's the, the Limerick and Clare team is the best in the finals. I think out of 30 on the pitch for the two of them, 27 got game time in All-Ireland Senior Finals. Like in one of them. It was wow. fucking stupid how good they were. John Curley was manager of that Limerick team, I think. Yeah, well. he, he won minor under 21 and senior with, with Limerick now, hasn't he? He's not doing too bad. Oh, and I wanted to talk to you as well, just when we're talking about setups and stuff. Gory, you've had a good bit of success there. You were yeah. down in, in intermediate. Were you in intermediate A at one stage, or were you were just in intermediate? Yeah. No, intermediate A. Um, intermediate I started twenty eleven with Gory my first year, and we got relegated from intermediate to intermediate A. Then we won intermediate A in twenty twelve. Got straight to a final in intermediate in twenty thirteen, and the alley bet us in the final, um, which was probably a blessing in disguise because we weren't ready to go up. Uh, 2014 we were beaten a quarter final by the Shamrocks and 2015 then we went up senior um, I actually just can I just uh, add some in there I probably missed out on a county senior title with all the rumours going around I probably should have been with Gory the year they won going by Twitter and everything else I don't know what happened but I missed out and yeah I didn't I didn't listen to the rumours myself and I went on sorry Button in there. No, I was just saying it was like David De Gea's transfer there with a broken fax machine to Real Madrid. Yeah, we almost nabbed you like on deadline day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think next year you're coming though. I think or some someone said 2021. I'm not sure. Year. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what next year holds on. Yeah, Second year by year. So. Yeah, so we went up. We went up 2015, and then within three years we we won a title. Like it was fairly mad. We progressed every year. It was 16 quarterfinal, 17 semifinal, and 18 final and winners. Like it was, it's mad. And we, I was, I was only talking about it with the lads the other day. Like um, that we've come. Like you look at like the likes of myself and Connor Mack and Benny Travers and these like you know the the Doyles and everything came through a team that was intermediate A. Like and then you have the likes of Charlie McGoken. His first year he wins a senior title. Like it's mad uh, how spoiled they are. Like. Um, 
we we kind of came to the ringer like when I started playing with Corey and I never saw like obviously at hope like but I never saw it realistic that we'd be winning senior titles like. lesson to all clubs out there so Andrew um, Davidstown can have their day absolutely yeah gotta believe. we live in hope yeah you would have a junior title though and would you yeah we have a junior title in 2007 yeah so there you go you've, you've had your day <laughs> Thanks, Ben. That's it. I had a, a minor, uh, a Division Five minor title in 2004, also. So yeah, they're my two uh, go-back lids. Actually, no, that's incorrect. I also won a junior in 2015. So two, two juniors. Two juniors and a minor, yeah. So who knows? By the end of it all, you might have the record for the most amount of junior titles in Wexford. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be it. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to the, uh, to, to the seniors. <laughs> Who were the managers through the years, Owen? Through the Gore years? Yeah. And how much did um, things change? How much did structures change and trainings change? And It was Davey Morris from Marchestown, uh, 2011, 2012, and 2013. I think, I think he was actually there 2011 until 2014. Was, um, sorry, Davey, Davey came in in 2012. After, so you got relegated in 2011 and then he came in. In 2012, in, yeah. Um, or he could maybe he was there, he was there since either 2011 or 2012. He came in, he was there, and um, he was probably what the club needed at the time. A lot of the guys would have said that it probably needed an outside voice involved, and and he, yeah, he brought it on big time. Like, and I think he, after the disappointment of losing to the Shamrocks in 2014, we uh, we brought in Pat Doyle, Louis Cullen, and Podge Cronin as the management team, and they would have been. We, who we all would have had since under eight, like that, that would have been our management team there. Um, and Foxy Breen trained us in 2015 that year, and he brought it on big time in terms of fitness. Like he could, he was really himself when he was playing football for Wexford. Like it was all about you know getting every inch out of himself from a physical point of view. And you could see that he could he, he the standards he set for us, and he didn't accept anything anybody being lazy or lack of effort. Um, he couldn't commit to it the following year. He got us up senior, but he couldn't commit to it. So Colin Morris came in as the trainer. Same management team and same team. Colin was brilliant, like on you know fitness and on the line, especially like a really really calm influencer on the line. But probably didn't have like he very very good hurling coaching, but probably could have done with someone with him maybe. Um, and then that's when Willie came in in 2016. We thought like that was just phenomenal, like the the level of hurling we were doing and fitness as well at the same time because Willie had the experience of all the county teams he'd been with. Like. Willie yeah, Willie, Willie's, so Willie's been involved now since 2016. Or, sorry, 2017. And is he still training Wexford teams, underage and stuff? He's a development uh, officer? Yeah, he's involved. He was involved with the 17s last year. Um, I don't think he's involved with the 20s this year. Gone up with them, but he, he, he's full-time with Wexford GA, like so I think he's still involved with a couple of the teams. Um, How good sure. is he? Is he meticulous in game plans or is he fitness-based, skills-based? Genuinely, like it's it's an all around thing. Like it's just kind of no stone unturned. We do a good bit on the game plans, and again, I don't like long smoke. He's actually because I give him a hard time taking the piss out of him a lot of the time. So this will be weird for him to hear a compliment. Like, but yeah, no, we do we do good work around like fitness levels. We don't get away with anything. Uh, nutrition and diet is all laid out for us. We make sure we're, we're we look at everything from a analysis point of view and all the rest of it. Like, um, that's probably probably the biggest reason why. You, when you're not involved in the county setup, the thing you'd miss is standards and being driven like, and that's something I don't miss at all. Like because I'm getting it in the club, I'm very fortunate that I 
not dropping down in a level as such because I'm, there's still a lot of demands and, and that kind of thing on me when I go play at the club, like, which is really good. And how comparable is the setup you have now with Gory, with Nevena, to the county panels you've been involved with in the past? It's obviously they're, they're different worlds, like, and you can't be comparing the two too much because of the demands on county players. But in terms of what we're asked to do when we're, we're just not, we're not asked to be there as much as the county team. Um, I'm, and it's not as, as controlling on our lives probably, but when we're there, the demands are high, like everyone's getting everything they can out of themselves and a little bit more. And as I said, there's down to the, the gym programs and we all, you know, our, any running, running programs we do are all tracked and analysed and made sure that people are doing them and you're called out if you're not doing it and all that stuff like so. And we're lucky that we have a good group that want to do it as well. I think that's that makes a big difference that you have a group of players that want to do it. And saying that as well, a lot of our play, like the whole Gory team, I think has been involved. Everyone on the team has been involved in the county panel at some stage. I think everyone has played at least minor for Wexford. Uh, a lot of people have played at under 21 and then a lot of seniors as well. Like So it's kind of just the way people were brought up as well. That helps, yeah. So he's kind of going to be like the new Ellert. Sure, there's a little bit of competition going around there at the minute, and uh, to be fair, everyone's doing the same things. Like you know, like you look at Derek McGrath coming in, and um, is it Myler gone in with the Martins as well? Yeah, yeah. So like every everybody's doing the same things is the problem. Like so, everyone's trying to get there, and then you talk about that we gave other clubs a bit of hope by winning it, like coming out of nowhere and winning it. Everybody's gonna fancy their chances now, and it probably is on the day as well. Like, but I suppose all you can do is tick all the boxes on your own side. You even look at St. Dan's last year were probably joint favourites for relegation after the first couple of group matches and they end up in the county final. Yeah, coming to their, I think their last game, if Feather hadn't beaten the Martins, which was a big shock, where the Ans were fifth in the group and out. Um, but they're a dangerous team when they get into the quarterfinal kind of stages because they don't they, they get everything and show themselves on the day. Really tough to play against. But that's just it. Like you the like Sir Rat Newhorse, they do the exact same. Um, and all the teams have the quality then on the end of it like you look at the hurlers that the Anns had with, uh, with Aiden, Theo and, and, and Mogi and that's not to mention the others as well like there's a good bit of quality there to go with all of that hunger you know Yeah and going back to um, without any disrespect to Davidstown Andrew but I assume you don't have the same kind of setups as senior clubs and even some intermediate clubs Probably not no but like Marty Dempsey is our manager at the moment, like he was involved with Liam Dunn for a couple of years. Um, our our biggest problem is player commitment, really, and like players driving the thing train wise and stuff. Um, actually, this year probably has been the best in a lot of years so far. Um, myself and David Dunn have kind of been making an effort to push it on the players' side of things as well, which has been pushed then by the management too like he's got more lads in the back room staff and stuff a big thing will be funding as well like obviously the inter- bigger intermediate clubs and senior clubs will have a bit more money to spend and invest in their team but yeah it's like player commitment like is the is the big one and I think that's what separates like junior intermediate and senior clubs really like like if Brian Cody was over us like and like there's still a chance we might still only have six players at training like on a Thursday like but if things start to click, that's what I'm saying, like potentially like we could win that junior fairly. Like we have the hurlers, we have the players, but it's just if we get that commitment. And I think it's the junior mentality as well. But look, if it clicks, we'll we'll win the junior, I'd imagine. I'd be very hopeful on it. But like that's like I'd be envious of club players like getting to like having a good club set up so like on there saying like 
their training is like every player has played some sort of time at Wexford, whether it's minor or under 21 or whatever. Like, like that makes a massive difference. Like, like you see the Martins down there at the moment. Like, like I like I say their setup is very, very close to any any decent county team setup, especially now with John Myler in managing them as well. Like and their numbers, facilities, everything. Like, like all those things make a massive difference. Yeah, and is it difficult for yourself and David being with the county team and trying to drive the club on too? And you, you can't do both, especially not a, around this time of year when the when the county. Oh, so basically, we'll we'll go to trainings when we're not training ourselves, and we'll do a small bit, or we might just help out or help with water or drive lads on. So obviously, it's still kind of pre-season time, and now there's been a whole shutdown with this coronavirus thing, but. Like, yeah, I don't know. You just have to try and put the effort in because at the end of the day, and it's cliche again, and everyone says, oh, but sure, you played for fucking 10 clubs. Like, no matter what club I'm playing for, my perception of the whole thing would be the exact same. It's like that I'll drive as hard as I can for whoever I'm playing for. Like, yeah. um, so, and that's like David, David don't be the exact same. And like, we have some other leaders, like Wally Furlong would have played a little bit, bits and pieces underage. Like, Sean Cooper has been involved in under 20 teams, Barry Nolan. There's a couple of good young lads will come through next year. Like so it's not like doom and gloom or anything, and I'm not making it out to be like that, but it is just a little bit tough. Like we don't even have a dressing room at the moment. Now we're getting a really good development and it's they're going to be starting building on it soon, which is probably going to be delayed again with this coronavirus thing. But like Davistown will there'll be big improvements there over the next few years because again the underage structure is starting to improve like it is with every club team. Our facilities are going to improve and numbers are going to be coming back into the club again. So, yes, it'll be a good time now. For I, I'd like to be under 14 or 16 now rather than on the end of my career, put it that way. 30 yesterday, I believe. 30 yesterday, Gary, yeah. You don't look it. Thanks. Thanks, you're very good. <laughs> Happy birthday, Andrew. Thanks, Ben. Did you, anyone see it? I don't know if you follow Owen on Instagram, but um, he went and bought a cake and uh, a card and wrote for me and we had a birthday party through um, FaceTime yesterday evening obviously with the whole lockdown and self-isolation so it was a really nice gesture from on Winners of Wilders away Thanks on again And I didn't eat in case Willie Cleary is watching I didn't eat the cake <laughs> <laughs> What sort of cake was it? Chocolate fudge So you bought Andrew a chocolate fudge cake for his birthday but didn't give it to him. Yeah, makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> That's a. It's actually something that was, I think it was 2003 in the Wexford panel. Might have, I think it was the year that they drew with um, Cork in the All Ireland semi final. But there was only one player from the from the whole Wexford squad that was that wasn't a senior with a senior club. It was Mitch Jordan with Marshallstown. But now you have loads of players coming from intermediate, from junior, and obviously senior that are in the Wexford panel. Do you think that makes any difference? I'd say the, the standard in intermediate and junior is probably after improvement from back in the day as well. Like, it was unheard of, really, for anyone to be involved with. Like, I, like I remember, like, when I was growing up, like, Robert Hassey was a legend to me because this fella, like, was involved with Wakesford, like, and he was from Davistown, like, and he still seemed to be, like, I was up watching Davistown, the men's team training. He, he, he was everywhere. He was training with Davistown every night. I don't know how he was doing it. He was trained. Like, that's obviously a, a sign of the kind of change as well. Trained with Wexford. He, he was, the man seemed to be everywhere. Like, but he was our kind of one player. Now there is, there is more intermediates and there is more. But I think 
there's more there's more people in background teams in, that are watching out for players and it's again this thing of getting the edge like like Brian Cody was renowned for it up until a couple of years ago he'd always get one or two players of nearly unheard of like they might have played a bit of underage county but never really stood out or something he seemed to be able to just grab these players like Jim Gavin did it the last couple of years like he was getting intermediate footballers in from Dublin that no one has heard and we're getting all-stars the are like for one year getting straight into a team from playing well in the league like I think managers are broadening their thing like to say like I could get something special by going to see all these matches or going you know so that's I think that's where the increase in numbers is as well and obviously the levels have improved I would imagine also so you're saying I still have a chance you still have a chance Gary. no one no one no one doesn't no one remembers how fast you were like <laughs> like fast Gary Dorn like we, you always had to put your fastest man on Gary Dorn Mark. you did not ever have a whole pile of hurling but he was very fast like. I don't know whether that's a compliment or uh, an insult <laughs> but thanks <laughs> an underhanded insult you could have just left it at, I was fast, Andrew. You didn't have to put, put in the lack of hurling ability. <laughs> I had to have one small cut off, you like. Well, you, you play, were playing in that game in 2013, Andrew, were you? Against Clare, actually against Clare, where we drew. Yes. Uh, and we got back an extra time. Yes. Yes. Tomas Waters tore his cruciate. Now, I remember that. And I remember on the radio later that year, after Clare had won the All-Ireland, Liam Griffin was on the radio and said that had Tomás Waters not got injured and or had the ref stopped the game and allowed him to get treated, that we would have went on, we'd be celebrating a Liam McCarthy win. Well, Clare scored three points in the time Mossy Waters was down, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Do you think we would have won that game had the ref stopped it? I won't ask All-Ireland, I'll go with just the game. Uh, yes, I do, yeah. Yeah. Would change the course of history. David would be yeah, that. I don't know. I, I don't know if we would have won the All Ireland, but we would have won that game. That was Connor Mack's first game, first senior game, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. 17 years old. He came, he came on and he he scored two points, maybe. I think so. Yeah, two points. He was he was outrageous. His the first thing he came in training with was like, you know, you'd be poking around before training, like, and obviously, like, this was a little chap coming in, like, and he was just doing silly things with the hard like. Like obviously they're kind of normal though because it's all kind of skills based now. But like he was doing stupid stuff with the heart. It was crazy. It looks Sometimes like when I watch him, I don't think that he'd be able to do uh, those roll lifts in thirty seconds because I don't think he does that anymore. He he doesn't pick up the ball regularly. He just taps it to himself all the time. Yeah, I wonder if would there be anything said for uh, well, it's probably bad habits for young lads. But like doing a little tip up competition, how many times you can do it? Thirty seconds, like. Maybe everyone's doing it now. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 you obviously saw the Limerick Waterford game because it was Keen the Lynch only thing on well. TV. Who? Keen Lynch does it well. He does it very well. Like most of the Limerick lads do it very well. Their two wing forwards did it like within the space of two seconds uh, in the Waterford game. It was outrageous. One did it in between their legs, like when they were running, just like flicked it in between their legs and took it. And Gerard Hegarty did it over on the sideline as well. Oh, yeah. There was one lad actually, he scored the point. Aaron Galan gave him gave him the ball along the ground and he did it with the flick up and he scored the point. Yeah. But the reason the reason he needed to do it is because he missed his first touch was poor. So he, he shouldn't have got any credit for that. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. It was was it not Gerard Hegarty, no? 
I don't think it was. I think he might have done it later, but it wasn't him. I don't think it was him who scored the point. Maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't be the first time, Ben. Scary, I am, yeah. I am yeah. human. I did so, want to talk to you about a particular game. Not your not not probably not your favorite game you've ever played in. Dublin 2014. 2013, I think it was. 2013. Oh, sending off, yeah. Yeah, and I remember Michael Dignan saying after the game that some of the uh, some of the Dublin players were kind of shield themselves because they didn't know where the next belt was coming from, and they were rightly to do it. Did you? How did you feel about Michael Dignan's comments? First of all, I sure like it. He probably wasn't too wrong. Like, like you, like like my my pull was bad, and I said no straight up. Honestly, I actually. That was me genuinely being that bad and the sun in my eyes and didn't know where the ball was. I didn't even pull hard. But anyway, yes, it was red card. But like Garrett Sinnott's pull was wicked enough and Kieran Kenny's pull was wicked enough as well. Like so I could probably see where he was coming from. But look at he like he's in the press, he likes he has to say what he has to say and he, in, in a fairness of over all of them, he always says what's on his mind, like he doesn't mind if it's gonna be bad or if it's gonna be good, like but he praise you in two minutes after cutting the back off you, which I kind of like about. And did you, there's this, there's another bit where Dignan picks out a fella, I can't remember his name, but you, you, you kind of stand on his hurl and his hurl breaks and he picks and he up part of his hurl. Yeah. Did yeah. you know, like, did you feel that properly at the time? Realize what was happening? I, I, I had to get two stitches in my finger and I was cut on the, fairly badly on the inside of my groin and, on my ribs from that. Just uh, like I can't even remember your man's name, thank God, because I'm not going to name him now. But I remember I hadn't, I didn't see him, I didn't see him until uh, I started working in AIB in Ballsbridge and he was working in there. Never spoke to him after the match and like obviously I didn't see him until then. Like um, for the first two weeks it was kind of awkward. Then we started talking again. Can, anyone, can you remember his name, Conrad? Yeah, it was McCormick, wasn't it? Yes. Conor McCormick. Oh yeah, so I stood in on his hurl and it broke and he just basically stabbed me to bits with the hurl like in a rope. Like he sliced my hand open, I had a cut under my rib, I had a fairly bad cut inside my grind. Like it was it was wicked now to be fair. That was during the Kieran Kenny incident, which was near the start of the game, and the red card was shortly after that. Was the there red a card about a minute and a half after that? But I like there was no my my pull was not malicious at all. I literally couldn't see the ball in the sun, and it was a lazy, just kind of pull. wasn't hard. Didn't even hit Ryan Dwyer in the head hard, which he'll admit to now. No problem. It wasn't. But yes, it was a red card. But it actually wasn't malicious. But it just looked way worse than it was. Like it was yeah. just one of those ones. Like, you know. Was it the only time you were sent off? Yeah. Never got a red card in my life. Oh, and have you ever been sent off? No. Yes, Never. he has. Have you Never. not? No. no way. Yeah, good boy. Referees could hear the sledging you do in matches. You would get a card of red cards. Sledging? I, I wouldn't go there now. Just want to play the game. <laughs> I disagree. It's a beautiful game, Andy. No dark arts? No, no, none of it. Where are you, where are you operating these days? Are you in the backs or are you still at midfield? Yeah, in around wing, wing back at the minute, yeah. It's the, probably the favourite, like, to be honest. Wing back is, yeah, kind of have that license to go, don't you? With, with the innovative game plan that uh, Willie Cleary has. Sorry, 
with the innovative game plan that Willie Cleary has, wing put wing back, license to to roam. License to go. Yeah, the only problem I have is um, Jack Cullen's on the far side, so they just bombard me with bookouts. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, they won't hit him. <laughs> yeah, they won't go near him. That's it's a good thing problem. for you, though. You know, more ball, more play. More ball, yeah. yeah. Just pulling wing forwards in front of me, like. So you've you've uh, transitioned into a full forward, Andrew? Have you? Um, yeah, maybe because <laughs> there's no other place to put me because I'm very immobile and <laughs> big. You're definitely big. Yeah, I actually I played a few. I, I was playing in the forwards, kind of just before, like before I hurt my knee, and kind of the second half of the year, 2000 and 2016. I was playing in the forwards uh, the latter part of 2016. Well, the latter part for me, because I injured my knee, obviously, in Epic, but the latter part of the league in 2016, I was playing in the forwards uh, with Liam Dunn. And then I basically didn't hurdle for about three years after that. And then David started playing me in the forwards. And I don't know, maybe he sees it as an option. I don't know, maybe when I start to get more mobile and get more hurdling, it could be an option. I don't know what he's thinking, but my thinking behind it is if I can be of use anywhere and hopefully get more steps up the panel from where I am right now at the moment, that's just generally the goal for me. And coming back, it was it's kind of a two-year plan. If it takes me till next year to get more up to the pace, and this year is just trying to get back up to that pace, I don't know, but that's that's the plan in my head anyhow, is coming back. Yeah, and um, you don't have a pre- preference to where you're playing as long as you're just back in. You must have a preference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'd, yeah, I'd, sure, I'd love to be playing wing back, especially in that kind of setup. Like, like mark your man and get up the field. That's like the, it's the beauty of having the sweeper there. You don't have to worry about tracking back so much. If you concentrate on one man and you kind of freedom basically to go wherever you want after that. I imagine it's kind of. It, it's, shows the change in the game that usually if you the, the less mobile you are you might you might have been put wing backers or center back or something but with the game plan that Davey has you need to be way more mobile and the hurling needs to be fully there as well yeah for sure it's like as long as hand about taking boxes like with his like you have to be able to do everything and the fact that the style of play that he does play that lads do have the freedom to do what they like like if Liam Ryan ends up as he did in Crow Park, running up the field and scoring a point from kind of the corner forward position. That everyone drops back one, and someone else end up being full back for two minutes, or a wing forward could end up centre back for a few minutes if Matthew gets up the pitch, or whatever the case may be. Like that's literally the way the game has gone now. Like you have to be mobile, your heart has to be there, and you have to understand how to play in every position. And with the sweeper, it's. Very, it's way less complicated now for the backs. It, you mind your man, and when your team is attacking, you get up the field. That's basically it. That's, I know it's easy to say, it, but that's principally what it is like. Yeah. Do you play a sweeper with Gory on? Uh, no, not in the not not usually unless the other team has gone with it. Um, we we wouldn't start with one ever, no. But you'd still be given license to get forward. Yeah, like it's something again similar to what Andrew was saying, or just about trying to be fit enough to get up and down the field, and and that that's the case. If you're going to go forward, someone will cover you, but you need to get back as well, kind of thing. Um, communication is probably the biggest piece on it. Like if normally have Charlie even go complaining in front of me, I can give him a shout to say to 
to get back if I'm going to go, like, or whatever, if I'm not going to get there. So, so he probably, has, uh, probably sick of me, like. Yeah, you're that. just always shouting at him, Charlie, Charlie! <laughs> Wing forward! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like, there's a license there to, to go, like, uh, we play kind of, ju- not by much of a plan or whatever, but just by kind of the players that we have. It kind of turns into a running game a lot. Um, and then when that breaks down, you're trying to just look for, for Mac inside, like, which is a great option to have as well. Yeah, not bad. Exactly, right, yeah. tell, me, um, tell me how your passion for sport has prepared you for business. Beat the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no serious, isn't it? I see isn't uh, that going on that train? an interview with Owen Conroy here on the Innovate blog. It's titled, oh. How My Passion for Sport Has Prepared Me for Business. Owen Conroy. I'm not sure what I say to that. <laughs> you mind me asking? <laughs> I was, I was hoping that you could tell us. I couldn't tell you. No, no, I, think, I, I think this 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 part is crucial. I think I want to hear Owen answer this seriously. Uh, being part of a team, I'd say, Gary. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably the vibe I went with, was it? I think the first question here was what What's it like to be part of a team that brought your club into its first senior county title since 1984? Fuck. Semi-final. That was. We've never been in a final before. Um, yeah, geez, that's an embarrassing interview, I'd say. No, I wouldn't like to read that one again. You said it's pretty cool to be part of something so historic. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man. Well, pretty cool. <laughs> then you did go on to mention how uh, the fact that your father was on the team in 1984 at the same age as you were on the one when you were on it yeah there, there was a good bit of um kind of that crossover like between guys and their dads and stuff and uncles and cousins that have been part of something similar like um but uh yeah fucking bit thrown now when you having this interview in front of you <laughs> <laughs> red card no huh can we not go back to andrew's red card <laughs> so um i'll ask you both I'll start with you, Owen. Who is the um, best hurler you've ever played with? Uh, Conor Mack. I'd um, have serious admiration and time playing beside Liam Ryan for a few years there. Like, the things he was doing were sick. Yeah. So Mack, Mack uh, can't, with things I've seen Mack do in school games, club games, like, I just can't look past Mack. How about you, Andrew? Uh, Dermot Ling, hands down. Like, he was unbelievable. His, like, his ability to catch ball at the highest part of his jump like he had eyes in the back of his head like obviously like his high skill levels like sideline cuts and free taking but he like he was unreal because I used to play wing forward one side he used to play the other and he'd steer me where to go around the pitch and obviously then for two to my two first years like you damn me if it's Henry poking you out the ball like would literally put it in your underpants as well which was very very good like starting out um, but he, he was unreal because he was unbelievable and how about the toughest person you've ever played on? On? Yeah, Tony Kelly. Uh, how when about that? Matthew O'Hanlon. Um, Owen will tell you there, in 17, we, we played a lot of A's and B games. Um, me and Conor were on the B team a lot of the time. Yeah, um, we'll that way somehow. Uh, he's just... He, he's, he's, just, ignorant, he's just a ball, He's just a ball of ignorance. Um, He's strong, he's awkward, 
uh, he treats he treats everything like it's a championship match, like which is great. Like, but he's just a strong, awkward lump that's very hard to mark. What sort of uh, hurl do you use, Conroy? Uh, Declan Declan Barron. Declan Barron. Yeah. Declan Barron for me as well. Two Declan Barrons. Yeah. Yeah. How do you find them? You, have you, you are you using them long? Yeah, about five or six years now with Deck, and definitely the most accommodating hurling maker I've ever been to. Just in terms of any time that you need it, he'll come through for you. You know, nights before championship matches where you know it's hard the night before the Saturday game. You're after breaking a hurling training or something stupid like that, and uh, Deck always seems to find a way to sort me like so. Hundred percent. Uh, Andrew Shore is now going to introduce the next section of our podcast. Because I'm going to stay neutral, I want to know Gary, then Ben, then on predictions on the winners of the All-Ireland Championship this year and also on the league that will hopefully be played after this coronavirus passes its course. We're all just going to say Wexford to not look like a dickhead. Sorry, Owen, I'm first. All right, sorry. <laughs> Andrew's giving us the order, sorry. <laughs> well, uh, Andrew, to answer that question for the league, I'll start with. And Limerick definitely looked probably the most impressive at the moment. Clare, even though they won all their games, I don't, I don't think they're up there for either the league or the championship. So, you know, I'm going to go with Wexford. Championship then, again, if you're, if you're looking at Leinster... I think Kilkenny, obviously, they haven't had a run the games together with uh, with all their Ballyhale lads back and their other own. They haven't had, they haven't had all the lads back yet, um, so I think they're going to be probably Wexford's biggest challenge. You know, Galway seem to be coming right at the right time, well, the right wrong time now, uh, but their win against Tipperary was very impressive. But I'll probably go again with Wexford. I'm going to say that they don't play the league at all. It's just completely scrapped. And uh, Wexford win Leinster, but were beaten in a semi-final by someone. Limerick win the whole thing. Simple. Probably beat... Uh, yeah. Boo! <laughs> I have to be honest, lads. It's not, it's not a joke. Yeah, take it serious, lads. Now on. Yeah. Right, I'm going to say they don't play the league either. And... It's going to be the greatest table quiz question in 20 years' time, who the league, National League winners were in 2020. And it's a trick question. There was no winner because of the coronavirus. And that would be the bonus point if you can give the reason why. I can't see past Limerick in Munster. I think Wexford and Galway will go for Leinster. Wexford will shade Andrew Shaw will come on and score, score a goal and two like Billy Byrne, kick it to the net. And then he'll repeat defeat in the All-Ireland final and score another goal in two to save the day as the song goes and bring Liam back to Wexford and Davidstown and then next year to Gorey when he signs for us. <laughs> There's only one way that'll happen. That's if Andrew grows a moustache. Well, he has the moustache. He needs to get rid of the other shit around it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a possibility? Nah. Don't think it can happen, lads. Do you think we could see a... a Championship structure, similar to the last time Wexford won the All-Ireland. Straight knockout. Sure, it all depends on how long this goes on for. I, I, it would make for some viewing, 
if it did happen that way. And, I, and, I, and I, I think that for a club championship as well in Wexford, like, if they went to knockout, like, there'd be unbelievable games. Like. There certainly would. Can you imagine straight knockout? The last time it did happen was 96. Maybe it's an omen. Go ahead. Yeah, 97 didn't Clare win after coming through the back door? No, Tip, tip came through the back door. Uh, the provincial finalists got the back door in 97. Just those two teams. Was the, there was games, I think the league was scrapped in 1958 for the polio outbreak. And the Wexford won the All-Ireland that year. So there's 56. another one. 56? 56, yeah. So another one. That's good information, lads. That is fucking top-class stuff. That's why we're the guys on the podcast, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> My prediction, by the way, is um, uh, I think Limerick will beat whoever in the All-Ireland final. They'll win the All-Ireland final by more than eight points. I know that's what I can't really I think Limerick are fucking unbelievable. Yeah, I think Limerick are going to win the All-Ireland, to be honest. I think they're just that far ahead of everyone else. I think last year they were as well. Just Kilkenny did a Kilkenny on them. And yeah. like it was kind of a once-off that only Kilkenny could do, but I don't see anyone else beating them. Yeah, but I, and I think, and it's not because I'm involved, I think if, if that once-off can be done this year in Championship, only Wexford can do it in the style of play, in the way that we can play sometimes, as in just running the ball and playing at nearly like football and fitness levels. But they're unbelievable. They're like... Remember to turn it on there for about an eight-minute period against Watford the other night, like just to kill the game. I know they only won by a couple of pints. Like it was just outrageous stuff. Like, yeah, and it looks like they never got out. Like in every league game, it looks like they've had more gears if they needed them, but they just yeah, haven't. Yeah. So we actually tried to get Owen and Andrew, who are very friendly with Shane Tompkins, to see if Shane was around for this podcast. But Owen, did you have any luck? Obviously not. He's not here. But did he give any reason? Uh, no, I gave Shane a quick ring there just before to come on there to see what the story was. Um, he was meant to be on with us, but Shane dropped 26 cent down the side of the couch there. Um, so he's not moving anywhere until he, until he has all of that back in his pocket. So unfortunately, he couldn't be with us tonight. Thanks very much for joining us, Owen and Andrew. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast and hopefully we'll get you back on sometime. Thanks very much, Ben. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for coming on, lads. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Gary. Awesome heart, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through thick and thin.